Welcome back to Pool Talk, the podcast where we talk about the value of swimming pools in the UK and just how important it is to get people swimming. Episodes are released every Tuesday on Spotify and on Google Podcasts. If you want to get in touch, please send us an email to pooltalkuk at outlook.com or find us on Facebook. Hello, everybody. The staycation is a term that's been generated during the pandemic and its lockdowns. It's been difficult for many people to go abroad to the sun, the sea, the sand. However, the British holiday park vacation hasn't just appeared overnight. It is a multi-billion pound industry and has grown from the humble caravan park with virtually no other amenities to, in some cases, the self-contained townships that we now see across the UK. Today, we're indebted to Craig Valentine from the British Holiday Parks Association, who's going to discuss with Rebecca and me how the wet leisure facilities at holiday parks across the UK contributes to the success of these businesses and how they have coped during our unfortunate restrictions. We wanted to talk to somebody who is at the sharp end, really in the front of the holiday park industry, and who better uh, to talk to than Craig? Craig is the Regional Health and Safety Manager for Bourne Leisure. Some of you may have heard of Bourne Leisure, but Bourne is the parent company of organizations such as Butlins, Haven Holidays, um, and Craig is also the founding member of an organization called the Resort Leisure Safety Group. Now, the Resort Leisure Safety Group in the UK includes such well-known names as Centre Parks, Merlin, Bourne, etc. So I don't think we can find anybody better qualified to talk about the role of a pool in a holiday park than Craig. So good morning to you, Craig. I hope you're well. Uh, good morning, Mike. Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, sat in my front room as normal. <laughs> Aren't we all? It's nice to see a, a different face, though. Yeah. Um, okay, the holiday parks across the UK and Europe, Craig, they've had a particularly devastating 2020, the whole, you know, virtually the whole of a 12-month period. Now, as we enter 2021, um, hopefully it will be a better year for everybody. How do you see the role of the pool in any of the country's holiday parks? You know, the family park, uh, the family holiday. How do you see it as being part of the attraction and getting people back on the track? Well, I think it, it's um, fundamental to the daytime activities in any holiday park or resort. The swimming pool during the day is where everybody migrates to. So no matter if, if you go, if you're a swimmer or you're not a swimmer, you'll always choose a holiday park that has a swimming pool on it. It's just one of them things. I mean, it's same with a hotel. If you looked at a hotel and uh, uh, you choose two hotels are very similar, but one's got a swimming pool, you'll automatically choose that. So for me, it's fundamental is the daytime activities for swimming pools are on a holiday park. They're very, very busy places to be. You can't imagine how many people actually go in and out of these swimming pools in, in a day. Some of the swimming pools that we represent can have anything up to three and a half to 4,000 swimmers a day that go would, through the doors. I was, I was just going to ask you that. You know, sort of obviously all holiday parks are all different, different sizes, different capacities. You know, is there any way of defining what would be a busy day? Let's talk about you know pre-COVID. You know what would be a busy? Yeah. You say three and a half to four thousand people. That's busy. Yeah, yeah. Because um, some of the big places uh, that we, that we represent, such as centre parks and, and butlins and places like that, 
their bather capacities are anything between five to a thousand swimmers in any one hour. So that's what they can hold at any one time. But um, uh, they're operated in, in very different ways. It depends on what type of holiday you want to go for. Uh, I'd, I'd say if you went to a, a centre park um, swimming pool, it's more of a sort of a day trip where you'd, you'd spend a lot of time in there. But if you went to, a, 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 say, a holiday park like Butlins or something like that, it's more of a water park so that their turnover is very fast. And they, they, they can, they're queuing from nine o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the evening, you know, when these swimming pools are open. And um, the amount of people that they actually get into these swimming pools. I mean, some of the holiday parks hold seven to 8,000 people at any one time. And you can imagine you've got to get all those people through the doors. Holiday businesses have changed a, a, a real lot, Mike, in, in now. Um, whereas when you used to go on holiday, you'd go for, you know, one week or two weeks. You'd start on a Saturday, you'd go on holiday and you'd finish on a Saturday. That's not the case now. What it is, it's split into two groups. So you'll do a midweek break or you'll do a weekend break. And um, not saying that you can't do a seven-day holiday. Lots of people still do. But they're, 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 very, they're split into these shorter breaks. So you'll arrive on a Monday and then you'll finish on a Friday. And, uh, and then for the weekend breaks, you'll start on a Friday and come on a Monday. Now, for the swimming pools, the... The, the critical point I would say for, for them is the day after arrival. That's, uh, we, we tend to call them, I, I, it used to be in the old days, they used to call it suicide Saturday. Uh, everybody <laughs> arrived on a Friday and then every man and his dog wanted to go swimming on the Saturday. And it just used to be carnage, the amount of people that would be in the pools <laughs> and trying to get them through, you know. And, and you can imagine what sort of water treatment that we'd need to do that, what sort of team members we'd need, you know, lifeguards and uh, supervisors, retail, all that type of stuff. It's just a massive operation. And, and, and of course, the, even the prospect of, of having a day's downtime in a pool in a holiday park could be devastating, couldn't it? Absolutely. You, you can't imagine. But I think what we've done as a group is we, we've been quite clever with because if you do have uh, an incident in a swimming pool, we've split the pools into different zones now where you can close a zone if you have um, a contamination, let's say. So if there's an incident in one part of the pool, nowadays it doesn't necessarily mean that the pool would close. But going back a few years, it would be the case where the pool would have to close. But, mm. you know with the hindsight is the best designs are where we split the pools into three or four different zones so we can keep them operational. Mm. Yeah. If we had to close a pool, we've had to close uh, quite a few pools this summer, not due to um, anything serious, but just purely people getting overexcited. And, you know, we get a lot of vomiting incidents in, in swimming pools because of, people swallowing more and so forth, but we still have to follow the guidance. So mm. the smaller pools, unfortunately, have to close for 24 hours, mm. which is, is massive. It's, it's, it's quite interesting, this, this change of, um, of concept of, of use. Um, I don't have many claims to fame at all, but 
one claim to fame, which I do have, I was at the very first presentation by Centre Parks in the UK, even before they built Sherwood Forest. I went to a presentation. You know, I think this was when dinosaurs were still roaming the earth. That. <laughs> and um, what he was, what what the presentation was about, was such a different concept to anything that we had seen in the UK. And as you say, it it, it completely, if you pardon the pun, blew out of the water the concept of a twenty-five meter four-lane straight pull and the use around it. You know, I've been to centre parks in the UK and and in Europe. And there's a completely different atmosphere. It's not just about the water treatment. There's a completely different atmosphere there. Back in the day, we never had in the in, in the UK. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Mike, I think the thing, the fundamental thing about the swimming pools in the holiday park industry is they're used primarily for, to have fun. You know, they're not they're not designed for fitness, if that makes sense. I, I, yeah, I'll probably yeah. quantify that a little bit. Is, is you know it's it's um, high turnover uh, and, and big volumes of, of, of people want to use them, but they don't want to just swim up and down. They want to have fun in them, mm. and that's what we need to sort of look at when designing new pools or the existing pools when refurbishing them and so forth. I don't think there's many new holiday park pools that are just a basic tank design anymore. They they tend to have a lot of features in them. Um, and the emphasis is on on families having fun whilst they're enjoying the swimming pools and the swim. You know, don't get me wrong. We still put aside um, uh, early morning swims and, and things like that because it's important that we, you know, aim everything at everybody so that we don't leave anybody out. But fundamentally, the pools are there to have fun in, and that's a big thing for us. Well, if, if you've got 4,000 people a day going there, you can't afford to leave anybody out. really want to talk a bit <laughs> later on, by the way, about some of your we say, your flagship pools that, 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 that I know you want to talk about. I don't know, um, Rebecca, what do you think of all of this? I mean, I, I went to holiday parks when I was a kid, so I always remember just, like, the fun aspect of it. And now that I'm an adult, now I think about it that, you know, you've got on one side families going to holiday parks to be able to have fun. And then on the other side, people who want to train and for fitness and, and things like that. But as a, as a trainer and, um, you know, part of the industry now, how does that make a difference in the way your staff have to do their job on, you know, on, on these big pools? I mean, they must have to cater to a variety of different skills. Yeah. 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 They, they do, you know, and, and a lot of people just see, um, Team members just stood on poolside, don't they? You know, mm. posing. That's the 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 sort of theory behind a lifeguard. He usually just stands there and doesn't do anything. But the concentration levels required on a busy swimming pool, uh, unbelievable. This is a weird thing: is most of our incidents tend to happen when it's quieter rather than when it's busy. Okay, so what I mean by that is is when Obviously, we have downtimes in, in, in swimming pools. And I think that sometimes that the team members switch off because they're not as active as they would be at the height of summer. So, yeah. you know, we have to cater for that. We have to look at that. We have to adapt shift patterns. We have to look at the atmosphere in the pools and things like that to keep the team members. We have to do a lot of incident training. So, um, it, it's, it's quite weird that, 
you know, most of our incidents do happen at the quiet times rather than the busy times. You would imagine it the other way around. I suppose it makes sense because if you're, I mean, if there's a lot of people in the pool, then you need to be, you know, on your game. And I have like massive respect for anyone who's a lifeguard and has to do that job. It's difficult because it's one of those things that it actually a moment's inattention is, you know, can be a massive problem. So, I, you know, like big ups to our lifeguards because they do such an amazing <laughs> job and they're not celebrated as much as they should be, I don't think. So it makes sense that, you know, when it's a little bit quieter in the pool, all of a sudden, you know, it, I suppose it feels a bit like a break. It, it does. And that's where they switch off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you think, Craig, that that the um, the user of the pool in a holiday park has a different set of expectations from staff than if they went to the local swimming pool tank? Absolutely, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, when they come to swim, they think they well, they like to do whatever they want. So, uh, they the like bits. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they are on holiday and people act differently on holiday. And yeah. I do it. I, 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 I act differently on holiday. When I go on holiday, I spend three to four months trying to get myself ready to go on holiday. So you have this intense build-up to your holiday. And then once you're on your holiday, there's this massive relief and this release of pent-up energy. And that's what we tend to get in the pools, you know, we tend to get a lot of this, you know, I'm on holiday. I can do what I want, but you know, we have to judge that. We have to be really careful on how, you know, we're not there to let them do whatever they want, but we're not there to spoil their holiday. So you have to be really careful. There's strict rules in your local swimming pool in our holiday environment. We tend to relax things a little bit, but, you know, the subtle ways of doing that, you know, it's not, oh, stop doing that. If you interact with the guests, they, they, they react better to you. I, I don't think you're being quite right there, Craig. I reckon when you go on holiday, you spend three or four months preparing yourself. And as soon as you sat on the lounge on the poolside, you are scanning the pool, you're lifeguarding, you're looking at where the flows are, you're looking at where the dead spots are, just the same as everybody else. <laughs> Uh, never are. My, but but it's interesting though, isn't it? So staff in, in a holiday park, they, they might be termed lifeguard, but they're also customer service representatives as well, aren't they? Absolutely. And that is a major part of their induction and mm. their training. Before they even get to look at a swimming pool, they spend a week um, doing different different training courses. And that's even before they get to the swimming pool. So, you know, uh, our emphasis is on the guest, you know, and on giving them the best holiday that they can possibly have. What would what would the the expectations be from of your staff then by you in terms of their technical knowledge and technical ability? We've been doing a lot of podcasts now on you know the training of staff, the pool plant operator, the technical stuff. But obviously your staff are more customer service representatives. And, you know, we do acknowledge that any downtime for one of your pools could be catastrophic in terms of the business and in terms of reputation. Is there any difference in, in what you expect of them in terms of their technical knowledge? No, absolutely not. They, they, they have to, you know, I, to be honest, I think they're, 
they're a level higher, if that makes sense, because they'll have the customer service skills and they'll also have their lifeguard and technical skills as well. You know, so at a moment's notice, if they're required, they can pop straight away from being a customer service person to dealing with a severe incident and, and dealing with it in the manner that we expect them to. And that's through a lot of hard work with regards to training from themselves and, and our managers as well. Getting the advice from people like Royal well, Life Same Society have been absolutely fundamental in the development of, of the new lifeguards, as we call them. It's got to come down to it. I, you know, I, I've been, been waiting for this opportunity. We've been talking about the expectations of the customer. We've been talking about the fact that they, uh, they're on holiday and the behavior characteristics change. Can you give us a brief description, Craig, of one of your places, maybe Bogner Regis, and the sort of the, the sort of installation you have at Bogner and how that impacts upon people's behavior attitudes in, in, in a pool? Yeah. I mean, um, the thing with Bogner Regis is it's a brand new swimming pool. We, we've just built a £40 million new um, swimming pool there. On, the can, old you one, re- can you just repeat that? You've just built a £40 million swimming pool. Yes, yeah, £40 million. Pounds. We, we, we had the old swimming pool, and um, unfortunately, it was starting to deteriorate. So there, there was two options with that pool, was to refurbish it or to move it. And basically, if we had to refurbish it, we'd have to close it. Um, and you couldn't do that because it would take two years mm-hmm. to, to, to do that. So over six years ago, we decided to embark on a process of building a new swimming pool. Budget for it was, you know, it's unbelievable. Now, this swimming pool that's been built at Bognor Regis is a one-off. It, it's, it's an absolute fantastic swimming pool. It, it's bespoke, so it's basically themed around the seaside, and it's got a helter skelter in it. It's got a wave pool in it. It's got a lido in it. It's got a, a children's slide pool. It's got a children's pool. It's it's got um, nine different water slides in it, and it's all in, in a hexagonal with a fountain, the iconic Butlins fountain in the middle. Uh, of the swimming pool itself. It's bather capacities. Uh, we, we, we wanted to get as many people in the pool and enjoy it as, as we could. So it's designed to hold 956 people at any one time. Wow. So that wow. pool, that pool, um, when it opened, we opened it with a lower bather capacity and then increased it and increased it and increased it so that all the team members were getting used to the new activities in it. So that pool, pre-COVID, was seeing 5,000 swimmers a day. Through the Unbelievable. Pool. Unbelievable. It's, so, it's, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure our listeners will, will, will agree as, as well, our, our podcasters, you know, £40 million of swimming pool in a holiday park. It, <laughs> it beggars belief. It does, it really but does. The, 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 the majority of people, the vast majority of people, will be coming there for maybe a week. If, if that or, or even a, a midweek, and the next time they see you might even be next year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. uh, I, if you want to see the pool, if you just go onto the Butlins website, uh, it's at Bogner Regis. There's some images on there, and the pool is just fantastic. You have to, you have to go to it to believe it. 
to believe what type of well i think i certainly think we can suggest to, to all our podcasters you know go onto the uh, butlin's website have a look at bognor aegis you know see see what a fun pool re- really can be <laughs> yeah Brilliant. you know and I, there's I, the, the the one thing that we did do as well by is I, I think we were a bit too cautious when we brought this swimming pool online we kept the other one going as well at the same time what just in case (laughs) yeah yeah because i don't know i think we were very nervous it was brand new that if this pool failed what do we do (laughs) do you know what i mean so we kept the other one going for about a month and uh, and there was no need you know it was just over over being over cautious but um, yeah yeah it's weird it's great that that swimming the old swimming pool at Bogner's due for de- demolition this month. All right, so that's coming down. Yeah, so that's coming down this month, and um, it's weird. I went in, I went back in December to just have a look around it and see what we could um, salvage out of it with regards to circulating. So I was going to say, can we expect to see second hand pumps being on on any of the well well known sort of um, marketing sites? Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I don't. I don't think anybody would have any need. These pumps are the size of my living room. You know, it's <laughs> ridiculous. There's, yeah. there's, there's like um, there's ten filters down there, mild steel filters, and they're in fantastic condition. But they're down in a they're down they're underground, and there's no way to get them out. So you know, they're they're, they're the old filters where you used to have two banks because you had the ozone filters, so you had yes, to have yeah. charcoal to get rid of the ozone and then it had to be refiltered again. Yeah. So that, yeah. There's, there's all these filters and it's just such a waste. Well, yeah, it's, um, it, it emphasizes the old saying, doesn't it? That, you know, just cause it's old doesn't mean to say that it's no good. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, yeah. that, that, you know, that the, the, the engine room is fine. Yeah. It's yeah. just the fabric of the building. Is yeah. Fine. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, in, obviously, you know, w- w- like to see sort of all, all our podcasters um, having a look at Bognerys, but it's not just it's not just Butlins that uh, has invested serious money in, in into the pool. You now, centre parks are well known for it. Yeah, you know, the whole of centre parks revolves around the pool. It does, and their water worlds are amazing. Yes, they're just yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. and they they're just fantastic. The, the way they're themed, river rides, and and their water slides. Mm. And and they've just brought um, Ireland on board, haven't they? So, yes, you know that, yes, that's a yeah. fantastic place. Uh, yeah. Again, go onto the website at, at Centre Parks and look at look yeah. at the, the one in Ireland. It's fantastic. I I think really, you know, what what we're trying to do with, with this is to try to to highlight the fact that a pool is not just a twenty five meter pool at the end of the road. The role of the pool in so many people's lives is so important these days. As I said, you know, we, we have talked to people from, from hydrotherapy pools to school pools to hotel pools, and the pool itself is becoming more and more of an important issue, albeit the fact, as you, you know, outlined there, Craig, uh, all, albeit it's, it's a very, very expensive toy. It, it is. You're right, Mike. But we still need it. Yes. I mean, you know, 90% of the people that go on holiday go on holiday to use a swim. You know, yeah, yeah. You, that's that's uh, if that pool's not operational, then oof, the amount of it could, of be, it could be devastating. You, yeah, absolutely. Your reputation is absolutely shot. Yeah, if that pool is closed for anything. The pools that we we, re- we represent in our group, 
we've got swimming pools that hold 100 people. We've got swimming pools that hold 1,000 people. It, it doesn't matter whether the pool is close for 100 people or 1,000 people. It's still the same. It still upsets people, and it still sort of angles on the fact that it could ruin their holiday. So yeah. we've got to be on our we've got to be on our game. We've got to be we've got to be at the forefront. We've got to make sure that these pools are operational all the time. Mm. And that that's a big big challenge for us keeping them keeping them going. That's why we operate them, but we do rely on other partners such as Pewtag RSS mm. uh, and people like that. You know, we do we do re- rely on these people to give us the guidance so that we can we can stick to it and, and keep it going. Absolutely. But we've seen it in um, the construction industry where a lot more people, because they can't go on holiday, they've started building pools in their back garden. That must have an effect on the this industry as well, in that actually people are going to start going on holiday in the UK and they're not going to go abroad as such. Do you think that will have an impact? Yes, it it will. And and the COVID restrictions with regards to the pools at the moment, it is so difficult to manage. It is is an absolute juggling act for us. The thing with it is, is the demand for holidays in the UK now is shot through the roof. Holiday park ownership. So if you want to come to a holiday park, it's double trebled in some places where they buy in um, static home and using that now, you wouldn't believe how many of those have, have been sold. Mm. But the COVID restrictions have, uh, have, have give us, has, has give us a greater understanding of how people use the pools, how they want us to, to operate the pools as well. I, I mean, the changing rooms were always a fundamental part of our operation. If your changing room wasn't clean that was your first impression whereas now we we're discouraging people to use the changing room we don't want them to use them we want them to just go straight to the pool the thing with it is now with the covid restrictions what a lot of companies have gone to is session swimming at the moment long gone are the days where you can just turn up with your towel tucked under your arm and your bathers uh, and say i want to go swimming that's gone now you must book but do you know what? That has been a revolution for us because the guests love it. And really? They love it. They absolutely love it. And, and the reason for that, Mike, is because we're not allowing as many people in the pools. So what that's giving them is more space. Most yeah. of our pools, yeah. most of our pools are, are, are across the holiday industry are operating to the six meters per person per day. Mm. Okay. Uh, and that's that's cutting your bathing capacity by 50%. Mm. So they're absolutely loving it. And what that's done, a light bulb's popped on. It's gone, ting, hang on a minute here. They love this. And we love it because we can plan. So we can plan rotors. We can plan how many people you'll have on duty. You've got better downtime for your swimming pools. So they're not operating from 9 in the morning till 9 at night, which is a massive strain. Whereas you've got breaks now, so you'll operate your swimming pool for 45 minutes or an hour and a half, and you've got that break. And what that gives you is time to clean. So do, do you think that after COVID, and you know, there, there will be a time when we've come through COVID, do you think after COVID, session swims might be something which some of the holiday parks will consider as being a permanent feature? Absolutely, yes. I, I think so. And I, 
personally, I think it's the way to go because the, the, the fact is that is if I'm on holiday, I never thought of this before, but I, it sort of clicked with me is I've got myself, wife and a couple of kids. We want to go swimming. Let's go swimming now. There's a big queue. You're disappointing the children. They're all upset. But if you've booked to go swimming at 11 o'clock and you turn up at 11, you're going to guarantee to you're get going to get a swim. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're not disappointing your children, which makes you happier, makes them happier. So that's what we're looking at is the sort of comments we're getting from the guests is, is unbelievable. You know, the same, you had a fantastic time. Obviously we've got the odd, um, that don't like it because they can't go swimming when they want to. Mm. But when COVID restrictions do stop, we can sort of increase the bather loading a little bit more, but still offer the sessions, which yeah. I think may be the way forward. I, d- I don't know. It, it, it's sort of a, a wait and see thing, but I, I know one of the groups is definitely going ahead. Two of them are definitely going ahead next year uh, for 2021. Now this year, are now going to keep with sessions. So they're going to run it. Yeah. It, mm. it, 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 it makes sense, Mike, if you really, really drill it down. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, your pools get to rest. I know it's not long, but they get to rest for between 15 to 30 minutes. Mm. And, and that's, that's absolutely massive. Where do resorts and holiday parks see themselves in the whole of the leisure group, the whole of the leisure industry? We're the forgotten child, I would say, with, with regards to, to that. But I think we're coming more and more into the forefront with people like myself pushing it. Because the fact is that historically, if you look at everything, every committee, every group, everything, it's all around the big operators for the council. Mm. Whereas in the past, they've not involved you know, the holiday park industry. Whereas now, I think we are fundamental in leading quite a lot of operational points. Mm. Not the technical, don't get me wrong. I've been in the industry quite a number of years and operational-wise, you know, we know what we're doing. I think it's a matter of approaches taught to us. We're happy to share our procedures, our policies. We operate thousands and thousands of swimmers a day. Mm. You know, some people would never, ever get to see this amount of people in in a year, never mind in the day that some of our, our parks and, uh, resorts operate they never get to see that and mm. they do it really well and that's the message i can think is is we're here and we're not going away <laughs> you know we want to be part of everything but don't exclude us because there's things that we do we do well but there's things that we can learn as well i think you just hit the nail on the head there and, and this is the whole point about the, these podcasts Thank you very much, Craig, for um, talking to us about Holiday Park. It's been really interesting. That's a pleasure anytime. I think it's opened up a lot of minds to the role that the pool has in a Holiday Park. Mm. Uh, and, and I think it's something which an awful lot of people you know, haven't realised. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if anybody wants to contact me, I'm more than happy to chat through things with them. You know. Lovely. We would love to hear from you, so if you have a question about today's episode, then please contact us on our Facebook page or via email, pooltalkuk at outlook.com. Pool Talk is released every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening.